0: Cultural appropriation is harmful. For one, brands engaging in it are profiting from a culture that is not their own. And worse, they aren't sharing their profits with the very communities that are the originators of the elements they are benefiting from. It's stealing. So you might say, well, Sonia, in this day and age, there's nothing new or original. Everything is inspired by or is a mixture of various other cultures. And while that may be true in a lot of instances, that's why giving credit and acknowledging the origins of your evolved approach is so important. When you don't acknowledge or give credit, you are taking something that others created and claiming it as your own original creation. It's stealing. No bueno. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, a show that's all about giving you the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonya Thompson, a marketer and someone with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Back in January 2013, I traveled to Mahuru Bay. it's a rural town in Kenya, where I taught entrepreneurship at an all girls secondary school for about a week. After our time at the school, the group I was with, we went on a safari a few hours away. And before we left, we stopped to visit a Maasai tribe that lived nearby. It was then that I first saw their notable fabric pattern they used in their clothing and accessories. Afterward, anytime I saw that pattern, I immediately recognized it as being from the Maasai tribe. Fast forward a little while later when I came across a few stories talking about Louis Vuitton, the fashion brand, who had been accused of cultural appropriation when they launched a line of scarves and shirts that looked distinctly Maasai. Louis Vuitton was charging more than a thousand euros for these items. The Maasai received nothing for the brand's usage of their iconic design. Now there have been various other brands that have appropriated or stolen from the Maasai tribe over the years. Now, thanks to the Maasai IP initiative, if anyone wants to use their brand, they have to pay for it. Now let's make sure we're all on the same page here. Cultural appropriation is the act of taking or using things from a culture that is not your own, especially without showing that you understand or respect that culture. A common element that is surefire sign that cultural appropriation is at play is erasure and origin of meaning. For many, cultural appropriation is just simply stealing. It's stealing from a culture that's not your own for your own financial gain. Now, here are some other examples of cultural appropriation and the backlash that ensued. A few years ago, when Kim Kardashian went to launch her new shapewear company, she named it Kimono. Now, along with that name came filing a trademark so that no one else could use that name. The Japanese community was outraged. Their point of view was that kimonos are deeply rooted in their culture and how dare someone, especially someone who doesn't have Japanese heritage, use a name for their own gain and make it so that legally others, including those of Japanese heritage, wouldn't be able to use that name. Adding further agitation to the situation, the product line had nothing to do, nothing absolutely to do with kimonos. It was a play on Kim's name, which she likes to include in her brand names. With so many strong and public cries for Kim to change the name, including the hashtag Kim oh No. Ultimately and thankfully, she listened to the people, withdrew the patent request, and renamed the company Skims. Disney found themselves in a similar situation a few years back when it tried to trademark Day of the Dead in preparation for the release of a movie they were working on, centered around the theme of the Mexican celebration, Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead in English. As you might imagine, people of Mexican heritage were beside themselves How dare Disney, a company that is not a Mexican company, try to get legal hold of the name of something that is so rooted in Mexican culture, and like in the case of Kardashian with Kimono, make it so others can't even use the name without permission. Eventually, the outcries became too much for Disney, and they withdrew the patent and renamed the movie Coco. In addition, they started working with cultural consultants to better understand Mexican culture, and their team working on the movie went and spent a good amount of time in Mexico to learn and to see and experience firsthand what life was like so they could accurately bring it to life in the movie. What started out as egregious cultural appropriation turned into a beautiful display of cultural appreciation. This isn't something that only big brands are guilty of. Model Hailey Bieber recently got publicly dragged pretty significantly after posting a video on TikTok talking about her new go-to fall makeup look, which she dubbed brownie glazed lips. Her fans and followers loved it and gave her all kinds of props and were eating up the recommendation. The problem is that this quote-unquote look, which is essentially brown lip gloss with brown lip liner, has been a very common beauty trend or staple among African-American and Latina women for decades. Decades. Take a look back at R&B stars from the 90s and the 2000s and you'll see this look over and over and over and over and over again. People are still using it today. So when people started attributing Hailey Bieber as the originator of it, they were beside themselves at the disrespect and erasure of the women of color who've worn this style for so long. Cultural appropriation is harmful. For one, brands engaging in it are profiting from a culture that is not their own. And worse, they aren't sharing their profits with the very communities that are the originators of the elements they are benefiting from. It's stealing. So you might say, well, Sonia, in this day and age, there's nothing new or original. Everything is inspired by or is a mixture of various other cultures. And while that may be true in a lot of instances, That's why giving credit and acknowledging the origins of your evolved approach is so important. When you don't acknowledge or give credit, you are taking something that others created and claiming it as your own original creation. It's stealing. No bueno. Another reason why appropriation causes harm is that the vast majority of the time, the cultures and the communities that are on the receiving end of it are often marginalized. So in essence, you have privileged people and those with more power stealing from people who are already have so many obstacles in their way. And yet another reason why cultural appropriation is so harmful is that people who are part of these communities have often been criticized and in some cases penalized for embracing these elements of their cultures. But when someone from a dominant culture starts using it, that same practice or element becomes culturally acceptable or mainstream. It's another slap in the face for these communities. I saw an Instagram reel from influencer Chantal Smith, where she was ranting about Hailey Bieber and the brownie glazed lips thing. And she mentioned how specifically this look for decades has been ghettoized. And now suddenly with Bieber's endorsement, it was innovative and the best thing ever. So here are some important lessons for you to remember to help ensure you don't engage in cultural appropriation. First, and I alluded to this before, always acknowledge, give credit, and appreciate the culture you've adapted from whenever you are incorporating some element in your marketing. For instance, in music, if even a portion of a song is sampled from another song, credit and often royalties are given to the original songwriter. Another important lesson is to remember that cultural intelligence is essential. Ignorance or not knowing isn't a valid excuse for engaging in appropriation, especially since your intentions or lack of knowledge in this area doesn't prevent your actions from causing harm to the communities on the receiving end. Cultural intelligence is all about developing an understanding of the operating norms and traditions that exist among communities that are different from your own. The more you learn about communities that are different from yours, particularly those you want to serve, the more likely you are to pick up on cultural elements that are important, common, as well as their significance. Okay, let's talk a bit about appropriate versus inappropriate use of a culture that is not your own, specifically in marketing. We'll get into that with examples, of course, right after this short message. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, for the first time ever. With an AI powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross sell. Also you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Okay, continuing the discussion around appropriation, diving in a bit deeper about appropriate versus inappropriate use of a culture that isn't your own. A few weeks ago, a client showed me an ad for a new Barbie Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos doll. As I was looking at it, I felt conflicted. At first, I was happy to see the makers of Barbie being more inclusive by adding a Mexican doll and shining a light on this Mexican celebration within their product line. That was a positive for me. But I couldn't shake the uneasiness I felt about what felt like inappropriate use of this part of Mexican culture by the brand. They were acknowledging Mexican culture but it just felt like they were profiting off of that element of the culture without actually doing anything to support and uplift the Mexican community whom it belonged to. A designer of Latino descent did design the doll, but apart from that, I haven't been able to find anything about Barbie doing anything specifically to advance the plight of the Mexican community. It appears that Barbie is profiting from Mexican culture without any real support of uplifting the Mexican people. And that is problematic. Earlier this summer, Walmart came under fire for having on its website Juneteenth Ice Cream. Juneteenth, which is now a federal holiday in the US, is to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in this country. As the internet sleuths looked into the ice cream more, they discovered that the company who was behind the ice cream did not have owners of African-American descent, which fueled their outrage even more. People did not feel like this Juneteenth ice cream was appropriate use of culture. They felt it was a brand distastefully, very distastefully, trying to profit off of it. And given the history of slavery in the US, it just made this situation worse. Walmart pulled the ice cream in response to the outcry. An inappropriate use of the LGBTQ culture happens every year during Pride Month as increasingly more brands are starting to celebrate it. Now this inappropriate use of Pride Month is now even referred to as the commercialization of Pride. People who are not fans of brands just throwing up rainbows in their store windows and on social media and issuing limited edition Pride merchandise argue that these brands are profiting from the increasing popularity of Pride and don't really support the LGBTQ community. Here's an important lesson for you to remember. If you're going to introduce products that are unique to a culture that isn't your own, make sure you are invested in uplifting, supporting, and advocating for that community. Do this rather than just capitalizing on an element of their culture because it is now mainstream and because you can. Harry's the razor blade company does a good job of supporting the LGBTQ+ community during Pride Month. For the past couple of years, they've introduced the Shave with Pride set. It's designed by someone from the LGBTQ+ community, and 100% 100% of the profits from the sale of this set go to charities that support causes that are important to the LGBTQ+ community. Okay, so let's talk about how we can all be participants in not upholding cultural appropriation and inappropriate use of the cultures. No matter your position or your level, we all have a role to play in this. As consumers, remember, you have power, and that power is being put to work whether or not you are intentional about how it is being used. So better to use it for good, right? So I came across a video in Blair Amani's Smarter in Seconds Instagram series where she and Susanna Barkataki explained about the cultural appropriation of yoga by the fitness industry. Yoga is a spiritual practice originating in South Asia thousands of years ago. In their real, they explain that these days what is practiced and promoted by the billion dollar subset of the yoga's fitness industry erases the origins of yoga and what it was intended to do. And note that very little of the money spent on yoga in Western cultures goes to practitioners who practice and teach yoga in its true form. Something they recommended, and they were specifically referring to yoga, I also recommend, but in a much broader context, is when you come across appropriation and inappropriate use in your daily life, is to not buy or support brands that are engaging in these practices. Practice your credit card activism. And if you feel so inclined, speak up. Educate others on your decision. That can include the company engaging in this behavior. It could be that they don't know the harm that their actions are causing. In your speaking up, you could also enlighten others who may have no idea that they are upholding these harmful practices. Your voice matters. In many of the instances of appropriation and inappropriate use that we've talked about in this episode, things changed for the Maasai, for Kim Kardashian's Shapewear brand name, with Disney and Coco, with the Juneteenth ice cream, and even with the makeup trend. Change happened and a new level of awareness came forth because people spoke up. Use your voice. Another thing to do is to show your support of various cultures, especially those that have elements you appreciate and admire. You can show your support by buying from brands and makers that are part of that culture, or even brands that have a known positive connection to and a proven track record in supporting that culture. Remember, as a brand, the idea is not to take, take, take from diverse communities for the sole purpose of getting them to buy more of your stuff and growing your brand. I talk about this more in detail in episode 14, are you taking more than you give? But real inclusive marketing is about serving. It's about serving more customers, particularly those customers who don't fit so well into what is considered to be mainstream. So as you work to engage more customer groups, the reality is that that often means serving the community that they are part of as well. Remember, if your brand uses an element of another culture, Make sure you are uplifting the community that culture comes from. Build a connection with the community and make sure you incorporate some element of brand advocacy for causes that are important to the communities you are serving as well. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the posts and examples I mentioned. And if you like this show, I'd love it if you take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. And if you feel so inclined, share it with a friend. All those actions will help more people discover the show. And wouldn't it be fantastic to have more people practicing inclusion? I think so. Also, I want to hear from you. Let's not make this a one-way conversation. If you have a question or a comment, and it can be in general, it could be about this episode or even a previous one, leave me a voicemail at inclusivemarketing.co slash voicemail. You just may hear your message on a future show. Join the discussion. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.